welcome to Movie the Musical, a podcast about movies that have been turned into musicals. I am your host, Ben Kay. We are here to investigate, interrogate, and celebrate the art of adaptation from screen to stage. We are a podcast that loves questions, and today's question is, is New Jersey really that bad? Does it really deserve the derision that it gets, both in this thing we're talking about today and just in the general popular culture? Only parts of it. I'll tell you what, they had a killer view of 9-11. What? Okay. Okay. I just, that okay. loomed large at the beginning of the movie is the first thing you could think of. <laughs> For me, it was just like, oh, there they are. Oh, no. Bran, you can attest to this. I feel like so many of our episodes just open <laughs> with us just bringing opining up... Opining about 9-11? I don't know. Opining seems like such a weird way to put it. Um... Again, we're like more than a decade past. I feel like we're at the point where we can make stupid fucking jokes about it. It changed everything, man. I mean, and that is also a frequent topic of conversation on this podcast as well. (laughs) Um, This podcast, Movie the Musical, which is uh, produced and edited by the wonderful Brad Moorhead, who's here. Hello, everyone. And also joining us physically in the same room as Brad Moorhead, which I think is the first time that has ever happened on the history of this podcast. Wow. Um, uh, yeah, that anybody was in the same room yes. as one another. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not even in the same room. I'm all the way wow. fucking up north. Um, but joining in the same room as Brad is... Uh, they've kind of been on the show before. They made like a little itty-bitty <laughs> guest appearance on our Patreon episode about Sweeney Todd. Um, yeah. But, oh, yeah. Uh, but I'm thrilled that they, he's here as a guest. Uh, the wonderful Chicago-based playwright, John Fisher. Hey, I'm so glad to finally be here. Yeah, this is awesome. Yeah, and I, I'd, I'd heard early on that this was an episode you were excited, you wanted to be on. Yeah, I, I just, I, I love that movie. Uh, we had a really, and Brand was there with me in college, just an interesting experience with it. It was one of those first like movie that I felt we discovered on Netflix streaming right after it came out. Sure. Cause they had the entire trauma, I mean everything up there and they had all the traumas they had all the toxies and we watched those like that was back when we were like, Oh, there's this Netflix thing. Oh, this is kind of cool. You know, <laughs> not just Which DVDs is, in the mail anymore. It was yeah. A streaming platform, which is also it's, so weird because you say like you were able to like watch this in college on Netflix. And I felt like I had to like dig through a garbage dump of toxic waste to even find a version of this movie. to watch. like I had that trouble last night. Yeah. Like I could only watch it, like renting it on Amazon. Like that was the only way I could find it. It's like legally, I suppose, but yes. Exactly what we did. I wonder if Troma like has their own streaming service now, like, or where all their stuff is. Yeah, Troma Plus. Yeah, <laughs> Troma <laughs> hey, Plus. Let's yeah. do it. Um, yeah, I mean, that's obviously that's. I mean, yeah, the old sort of pinnacle thesis at the top here, because yeah, we're going to talk about this movie, which is also like a really interesting sort of like, you know, there's like connective tissue with Roger Corman, who we've talked about before on like the Little totally. Shop of Horrors episode. Um, and so I, th- I feel like Troma is kind of like 
the garbage child, the garbage nephew of like Roger Corman and uh, that kind of like B movie level of sort of churning out this kind of movie. Um, yeah, Lloyd Kaufman's like the fucked up middle child <laughs> born to Roger Corman. <laughs> and like, oh man, and I'll I'll say like all my love to to, to Lloyd Kaufman, who's, who's yeah, I didn't even say what we're talking about. It's kind of obvious. <laughs> Gee, okay, I'm way off rhythm. Uh, season five, folks, welcome. Um, we did it. Um, we're talking about 1984's The Toxic Avenger, directed by Lloyd Kaufman and Michael Herz, uh, and its subsequent musical theater adaptation of the same name from 2009, with a book by Joe DiPietro, music by David Bryan, and lyrics by Joe DiPietro and David Bryan. Um, that's what we're talking about too today. Um, like I said, Lloyd Kaufman, founder with Michael Herz of Troma Entertainment, who sort of churned out these like sexploitation films and then later sort of like horror exploitation films in the 80s. And sort of they made this like cultural, like, I wouldn't like a little bit more than a blip, but sort of like they, they, they did. They like hit this like p- cultural point of like, gutter cinema in the 80s that like but like also like you know like james gunn who is like one of the most successful directors of our current generation is a child of trauma like he co-wrote tromeo and juliet a late 90s (laughs) classic from the company um but yeah, yeah, it's one of those things like Roger Corman, like we've talked about before how Roger Corman sort of fostered these voices like uh, Jonathan Demme and uh, Francis Ford Coppola, um, where, you know, like you, you make these movies on such a budget, you get these aspiring folks who want to make art for art's sake, who are drawn to these kinds of projects. Um, so no matter what you think of the quality of the films, I think that kind of ethos and that kind of exciting environment is... You know, something that isn't often created these days, you know? Yeah. Well, just and just watching the movie, it was so... We watched it last night. Mm-hmm. So handmade. Um, like, the same 20 town people you knew, like, 20 <laughs> yeah. of them by just seeing them. Like, oh, there's that guy. And they all show up at the end, and just the... It has this, like, just zany cartoon. Like, just... It's so unique. And a lot of those trauma movies are like that. And it's that sense of the actors are like real people. Like, where do you find these people? And they're just like doing crazy things. And it's not really ever addressed. And like, nah. they're just in the town. <laughs> and, uh, it doesn't feel the need to explain everything. I love like the mayor guy. Rocks. The mayor is the best actor in, in 1984. Uh, yeah. yeah. You would give him best supporting actor I in 1984. So, yeah, I think so. He's awesome. I would, any, I- any scene where you're like calling in the national guard, and you have to like hold up a gun and look at it. Like while you're calling him. <laughs> like, yeah, no, it's great. Um, well, it's so, and it's so, and this is another one kind of, like Little Shop, but honestly not as much as Little Shop, and we'll get into this more with the musical, where I feel the musical isn't really adapting the movie. It's kind of like taking the base elements of the film, and like from a plot perspective, it's really creating something of its own. Like you, yeah, yes, and it's like a lot of the plot stuff, especially with the mayor, like and the 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 illegal dumping and stuff, is from like the second and third movie. Interesting, yeah, because and then his kids, like. Mayor Toxie is the fourth one, is the subtitle. Interesting. Of the one. Citizen Toxie. Citizen Toxie. Yes, Citizen Toxie. Not mayor. He gets, he is the mayor though, like, and then he has twin Toxie babies. Toxie baby. I, yeah, I mean, well, it is, well, this became like, I mean, this almost became like Toxie 
which is, first of all, great nickname for the Toxic mm. Avenger. Toxie, very cute. Toxie eventually became, like, something of Troma's Mickey Mouse, it sounds like, you yeah. know? Yeah, it still is, yeah. Yeah, I mean, because, it, it, like, that it, that sort of, like, it was a huge, I don't know, huge hit is the way to describe it, but, I mean, like, it um, played, like, forever, um, like, in, like, midnight screenings and, like, late night screenings mm-hmm. and all that kind of thing. Um, and listen... The slogan of the movie is the first superhero film, dot, 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 from New Jersey, <laughs> which is, <laughs> I mean, fair to say, pretty accurate. And I'll, mm-hmm. I should just say up front, because I, I obviously, Bran and John, I know you have uh, lovely things to say about this film. And I'm just, I'm curious, like, I, as I wrote... As I wrote in my review on Letterboxd, <laughs> I would say that this is, like, it just meets the bare minimum of what one can consider a movie. I mean, like, it's... <laughs> oh, yeah. I, like, and I, I was, like, trying to, like, find the charm in there, and there is a little charm. Yo, I don't know if this one's for me. I gotta, I gotta <laughs> say that. It's a front. lot. <laughs> yeah, I figured this was your first viewing, Ben. It, well, so that's the thing. I remember watching this in college. Also, I remember watching this in college, like at a freshman year. Um, there was like a, a friend who like, yeah, we'd watch like sort of like schlocky films and sort of like faux schlocky films, like Twister, um, that kind of thing. Well, yeah, Twister's certainly not a schlocky film, but you know, it's like, uh, it's uh, we're from Oklahoma. That's like uh, one in, in the canon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, so I remember watching Toxic Avenger. I think the only thing I remember was the fast food restaurant r- robbery. I think that's the oh, only, sure. the, or the Mexican <laughs> restaurant robbery, which is. Yeah, robbery. I, I mean, I don't know how, I mean. Water. I mean, that scene certainly sticks out in your mind. There's just a lot going on it's, there. It's mayhem, and it goes. It's like a 15 minute scene. It is yeah. long, yes. and the fight's long. They murder a dog. They shoot <laughs> oh, a dog. God. Oh my god. <laughs> oh. Oh. I like how like the they they you're you're like leading up to like oh god they're gonna kill this blind woman's like service dog. And there's like one close-up shot of like a f- piece of fur with just like <laughs> like a little splat coming yes! out of it. And like as as not shy as the camera is from other forms of violence, <laughs> then they're like, "That's all we're showing. It's too too terrible, too sad to show us really murder a dog." But then like you later, that like it's just they clearly waited till it like fell asleep <laughs> and just like dumped a bunch of rigatoni or something. Say, like, on they, it. They, sh- they show a shot like later on where they're like, "Oh, my poor dog is dead," and yeah, you see the dog with yeah like pots. It's like panting though. Like, yeah, it's like clearly <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Again, I'd well, love it I, if there was a uh, if there was like a uh, the Humane Society warning at the end, you know, that was like no animals were harmed in the making of this film. Very. Oh funny. my god. Um, well, and the, well, you're, what you're saying about how it's like barely a movie. It's just so. One thing I noticed about it last night because I hadn't seen it in a decade is that yeah. every scene's just a lead up to a one line dad joke. Essentially, then, yeah. Yes. Like literally every scene, it's like I can't. I, I'm blanking on some examples, but every scene just ends with like a da da da, and then goes on to another <laughs> one. Five minutes later, there's another one. And it's just that kind of, you know, you, you it's you can see they're making it up as they go along. There are, and they're also much like good. modern blockbusters, but yes, it, yes, exactly. <laughs> Ta- I mean, I would argue that Toxie is the only good Avenger. Like in the in the canon <laughs> in the oh, canon yeah. of Avengers, he he actively wants yes. to like save pollution. He wants stop pollution. Like yep. yeah, he kills only bad people. He's not working. Uh-huh. For, he's not working for the CIA. 
He's nope. you know he's actively he not girl, definitely not. You know, he dates. He's yeah, act- he fucks. We he know. fucks. He fucks. <laughs> he fucks as as King Steven Soderbergh opined recently. Yeah. Superhero. He's like, I don't want to do a superhero <laughs> yeah. movie because no one fucks. Um, <laughs> to- Toxy fucks. He really does. Oh, yeah. Is this and, a, and an extended sequence about halfway through the movie? God, well, I mean, because like again, like not. I mean, again, this is a movie. This meets the criteria of what a movie <laughs> is, which is great. But it's like almost, almost a porno. Like, oh, it's, yeah. like, teetering sure. on pornography, which, again, like, yeah. more power to it. Like, that's not a... That's, again, not a negative value judgment. Or this is I, definitely, I think, the most titties of any movie we have covered and probably will. No, that's movie. not true. We're going to be doing Debbie Does Dallas, Brian. Oh, yeah. So, oh, so we're doing a literal... We'll do a literal porno. porno. Great, yes. Great, great. Well, it was just interesting that <laughs> this type of movie kind of isn't made where it's, like, that blurring between, like, porno and movie because we, we were watching interview with uh, Lloyd Kaufman last night and he was talking about some of his first movies were like these they weren't porn they were sex comedies sure. and it's just like they're comedies but then people roll around naked for two minutes every yeah. you know every once in a while exactly. and it's, it's kind of like come that history of that and I think this is like his like second horror movie after doing those so he's probably just like you know that's how you do it you gotta have like a naked woman every yeah you gotta yeah, pin, pin, pin. and th- th- it's just the leering it's 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 cre- it is gross in like a kind of like seedy way that how evil the uh jocks are it's just gross they're, it's really God. gross like, Bozo and slug are their <laughs> names which they which they keep those names <laughs> they keep those names for the stage show thank goodness yeah, oh, good. you can't throw away gems like that um <laughs> they, they like don't they, they hit a guy on a motorbike and his head like explodes yeah a child his head like explodes on the pavement yeah and speaking of what you're saying to finding it that um the version we originally rented did not have the full head explosion. I guess there oh, is a wow. yeah, there's a director's cut. Yeah, <laughs> head yeah, explosion. Sure. You got to spring for the Blu-ray on that one. Though, and yeah, the other just demented part too is not only do they like they joyride and literally get off on like, <laughs> like killing literally. people, like running yeah. people over with their cars, but then they take Polaroids and like jack off to the Polaroids in the sauna later. And this was like a decade, this was like a decade before Cronenberg's crash. So like (laughs) really ahead of its time. You know, what's what's wild is it's two years before RoboCop. And I think that some of the imagery in RoboCop is really reminiscent of some of the imagery in this movie. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. Verhoeven is like an art house Lloyd Kaufman, I guess. Yes. yes, Well, that's, it's just that time. Like I I thought growing up in like, I, I was like late eighties, early nineties. Like I thought toxic waste was going to be a huge fucking problem in my life. Sure. Like, everyone's getting hit with toxic waste. The turtles, toxic. Like <laughs> I, that it's just around that time that like aesthetic of like, cause the guy turns, he gets dumped in toxic waste in RoboCop. One of the like henchmen. And yes, then he like comes yes. out and like, yeah, he gets him with the car man. and like, it's just Ninja Turtles, and it's just, and this got turned into a cartoon. There's a Toxic it, Avenger Which cartoon. is so, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it was obviously, I had to bring that up. It's so bizarre that this was no turned man. into a children's TV show. This was turned into a children's TV show uh, called Toxic Crusaders. <laughs> and it's like a, it was like a reaction to Captain Planet. They're yes, like, oh, it we was, already got a, we got one already. Absolutely. I mean, but, I mean that's kind of what happened to you, you brought up the 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 Ninja Turtles. That's the same thing. Like they were a comic book, the Teenage Mutant mm. Ninja Turtles that were written as a parody of Daredevil. Like that's mm. what, interesting. Yeah, like that's yeah. the whole thing. They were like we want to make fun of this like super serious uh Marvel comic, so we're going to write it about a bunch of fucking turtles. <laughs> <laughs> and um, that 
and there's that just that whole time period of the, that weird thing where any movie where there's action gets a action figure line. Yes. A, a Saturday morning cartoon because like that's how I was introduced to. Toxic Avenger, mm-hmm. RoboCop, uh, I had Demolition Man toys. Like, why would I have yeah. that? <laughs> like, like uh, it, it was mind-boggling. Yeah, I mean, again, like, arguably, like, RoboCop should not, is not like, a, a children's <laughs> film. And yet, Definitely yeah. not. No. Um, and Toxic Avenger clearly is not. So, yeah, what... Because, yeah, like I said, I only watched the first one because I, I watched it, like, two nights ago. And I was like, okay, not for me. I don't know if I can <laughs> dig deeper. Just not for me. It's, and, again, like, I can – you know what I will say? I'll give, it, I'll give some positive points to Lloyd Kaufman's The Toxic Avenger. Um, the the gross-out effects, like, the practical effects. Fantastic. Really, like, for this low-budget movie – Again, looks better than most modern yes. blockbusters, honestly. Not a CGI squib in sight. No. Um, so more points to them for that. Um, the, I wrote down some really great lines that I liked. I liked when the mayor says, uh, like, they're like, oh, he's leaving uh, when, around mops. And he's like, mops must be some sort of political statement. <laughs> 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 Which is kind of stellar. Um, yep. uh, John, like you said, like this scene sort of like just leading up to dad jokes. I think one of the jokes uh, is just him just saying, I'm not just another pretty face. Which I'm like, all right. good. Yep, that's good. Score one for you. Um, but yeah, you know, this is... This is an 80s horror comedy sexploitation film. You got fat jokes. You got racism. You got... Uh, men in dresses. You got like all sort of like base. You got like extended shots of like boobs. Like it's like all those like base types of humor. Um, and it's fun. Like again, like it's a fun thing to watch in college. Like I'm not gonna yeah. say it's not. I would say that though, most of that is like most of the most of the people that are making those jokes are making that are then brutally murdered by for, toxic for like, sure yes <laughs> you know like it's rare that any of that like you know humor at the expense of someone's appearance or or mm-hmm. anything like that is coming from sort of the morality of the movie it's for sure the, yeah and i've um, it's been as someone who really likes kind of like a you know horror movies low budget stuff it's actually been interesting just being older and through like uh having shutter and like watching some of these like mm-hmm. being older there's just like some i'm like i can't, i can't like i like so many of them feature like either sexual assault like multiple yeah. times and that just i like especially when it's depict- i like it takes me out of it there's movies that like i used to watch when i was a like, college edgelord and like oh yeah sure. i gotta be as controversial as possible as 21 and now that you know over a decade later it's like ah oh, man <laughs> you know it's, it's, and it's it's weird because they're you know you used to have this is it's a huge part of the culture like mm-hmm. Joe Bob Briggs shutter like you know horror twitter like it's a thing and uh, uh yeah. it's interesting it's just it's i there were parts of this movie that was just like yikes and obviously i wouldn't have remembered but um yeah but yeah. And again like it's like as as the director andrew dominic just said a few days ago uh in regards to his movie that's coming out that's rated nc-17 he says if the audience doesn't like it that's the fucking audience's problem it's not <laughs> running for public office um, <laughs> that's pretty good it's a good line it's that's a very good, good line um and that's, again that's not to say that like one shouldn't object to some terrible things no, yeah. but they're in a movie but at the end of the day it is a movie um but yeah this is so 
Brian, had you watched this since college, or was this your first time revisiting Toxic Avenger? I think I watched it. I the first time we watched it, and then I I watched it like right before I went and saw the musical because I saw the sure. musical off Broadway, and um and probably after that too. But I have not watched it. In, yeah, at least ten years. Yeah, absolutely. And are you years. sort of? Did you have you watched any of like the other trauma films? Uh, I have. I mean, we went like like John was saying. We went down the rabbit hole and watched a bunch. I definitely watched all four of the mainline Toxic Avengers. Um, Tromaville is that one? I, mean, I know they, that's the name well, of they, the Yeah, town. they live in Tromaville. Um, but isn't there one that's just called uh, Tromaville? You might be thinking like a that? class of class of Newcomb High. Class of Newcomb High, class maybe. Of, uh, there's there's maybe. A, I mean, there's so many that center around that town. Um, I think sure. we watched Tromeo and Juliet. Yes. But I couldn't. I mean, dude, I couldn't tell you. I was A, <laughs> so stoned. Well, B, like, they kind of blur together. <laughs> yeah. And they're, and like, what kind of plot? I can remember this one because I watched it last night. Sure. You know? yeah. like, the, the plot's not the main thing. Oh, give it to part. me a week from now, right? Yeah, exactly. God. And again, and again, yeah, like they are, there's, there's scant moments of charm. But like, again, like this isn't like, a, I can't like, praise like the shot composition and the <laughs> no, editing sure. in these movies yeah, like sure. you know they're like they're clearly thrown together they're clearly yeah i mean that's the I, effect I, stuff is usually yeah. pretty good but otherwise yeah it's not like a yeah. well-made movie it's not yeah. really much of a three-act structure no, and again like of. the line from again the line from like edward dewood jr to roger corman to lloyd kaufman is like a straight line mm-hmm. i'm and like i was trying to think about this today like i mean like Again, arguably, just, like, the way that film culture exists... The way that film culture exists right now, arguably, like, this kind of thing could never be made, or these kinds of films. But also, like, again, like, as we're being pushed to places where movies either have to be, like, $200 million with a budget of $200 million, or people are just making shit for the hell of it, like, I'm curious if more, like, sort of really low-budget, grotesque stuff like this will be making a comeback, you know? Yeah. Um, well, I, this is the thing too. Is that like? I mean, this effect stuff is obviously they had some money. Yeah. To, oh, to yeah. To do some of these special effects and like to hire not one but two tanks are in this film. There are two tanks, <laughs> two tanks. in this movie. Christ. Uh, and then just like I mean, the really good like the transformation sequence when he first like he just like bursts into flames and takes oh, off yeah. running. So awesome. Well, I'll say I'll say so. This this movie did have a budget of half a million dollars. Um, wow. which is like just a little bit higher than Monty Python and the Holy Grail's budget. Yeah. If you remember from last time and inflation had kicked up quite a bit between <laughs> 1975 and 1984. You it's know. true. So, so. Uh, but, either, but either way, like, so yeah, like that's not nothing like no. half a million dollars. That's still a pretty good chunk of change. Um, but like, so like, I mean like with like something like the asylum, be like a contemporary sure asylum pictures yeah i think that's a good comparison yeah somehow not nearly as interesting or good no i mean well because those i feel like are such direct let's take a thing that's popular in mainstream culture and completely make make a cheap version of it yeah they're not trying to make like a yeah that's true yeah and most of the i will say that like from what I remember, this is the like best. Trauma <laughs> no, this movie. is the best. This is the <laughs> one to watch. I've heard, like, I've heard okay things about Tromeo and Juliet. Sure, um, but again, but that's, this is the one. Yeah. Like, I mean, this is yeah. 
this is so, the one that has well, something he, to he glom said on in the interview too. watching last night. He made over. He's made over a thousand movies. Well, and also like before, before <laughs> this, like he was like doing post production on Rocky, and like he yeah. was like working. He was working in the film industry, like and that's friends with Oliver Stone. Yeah. Yeah, he what? said he went to high school with Oliver Stone, <laughs> and it's like deranged. If you have Shutter, anybody, we watched like we just fast forward. We didn't even watch like the movie. It's Troma's War is the movie that they're sure. talking about. That he's on Joe Bob Briggs late night with what's it called? The Last, uh, last Drive In, Drive-in. sure, uh, with Joe Bob Briggs. But his interviews in between are yeah, <laughs> psychotic. Like I don't even know what he's talking about half the time. He like goes off on well, rants. And I'll say Lloyd Kaufman again. Like I said, James Gunn, who uh, director of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies and uh, creator of Peacemaker, now on HBO Max. They do not sponsor us, but <laughs> that's what it is. Um, yeah, he, a musically related the title sequence. Uh, it's true. Uh, it's true. There you go. Um, but he co-wrote Romeo and Juliet. Um, James Gunn did, um, and yeah, and Lloyd Kaufman does show up in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy One. He's a prisoner in that big prison near the beginning of the movie, because um, yeah, I mean, and like, I guess James Gunn is sort of like taking a little bit of that like gross style. To, I mean, especially like the Suicide Squad from last year, which I think is his best superhero movie. I think I actually enjoyed that movie a lot more than the Guardians movies. Just because it's, it's not hampered down by the Marvel style. So I think it's able to be a little bit fucking weirder. It's also a, a superhero movie uh, all about how terrible America is about trying to intervene <laughs> in other countries. Uh, political. Uh, the diabolical nature shit. Words don't matter right now. Um, but anyway, so it's... So yeah, it's just interesting sort of to see sort of like the the ripple effects of the Troma house. Um and then of course Troma also produced Cannibal the musical. Uh, oh yeah. An early Trey Parker joint. Yeah. Um that maybe we'll talk it's about gonna... someday. I they they did adapt it into a stage show. Oh, I did th- they? They did. So I guess by the laws of this podcast, <laughs> we do technically have to adapt it or cover it oh that's weird okay (laughs) it's it's interesting like to think about james gunn and like where he is now where because you kind of do have that like his early movies uh like super does have that like trauma edgelordy like offensive for offensive sake sure yes you can see how that like is not in the suicide squad which yeah i love too it there's there's like stuff that obviously is offensive and you know but it's it's not it's different and I think it's, that's, no, it's he's not, evolved yeah. I think yeah and and he's spoken on that because there oh, was yeah. that there was that whole thing where he got hashtag canceled for that kind of edge lord humor right, yeah. and like and he's like said he's like yeah I was that was stupid <laughs> and yeah. I have a grown up from there. And like I he like he recognizes that like yeah that was just like where a lot of like cis white male energy was being spent like for decades and yeah and like i would say like most of like that trauma stuff really comes out in the violence of his movies which are like really gross out and really grotesque um i mean like talking about toxic avenger the you have the thing where like in the gym they use the weights and they just like barrel into that guy's face Oh, and then brutal. show it again in like a uh, at a the end they just do a flashback yeah. to it again and it's like what and he it's remembers worse. everybody he's killed yeah 
<laughs> you got, uh, you I got, like that. Yeah. yeah, let's just let's talk about cool, cool, cool. Deaths yeah, in this cool, movie. cool. There's, and there that's are, a good one. I'll say that's number number one thing in this movie that I like. A lot of cool deaths. A lot of cool violence. Uh, fry fry hands is pretty gross. Mm-hmm. The whole scene where the cops are just sitting around eating tacos and like talking about all the people that are dead <laughs> yeah. around them. Yeah, it's pretty so funny. bizarre. <laughs> it's so weird. Very the odd. movie does not really like cops either. I think that's pretty Which cool. Which is great. Yeah. The, the chief of the police has like, just keeps like doing the Heil Hitler hand <laughs> and like speaking <laughs> like with what? a German dialect for no reason at all. Uh, pretty awesome. I do like the. Um, I'll, the I will call them. I'll dub them Toxies Avengers. This little crew of the kids, <laughs> the like the kind of slow cop, the and someone else is in there. But the whole crew that eats ice cream together and talks about mm-hmm. Toxie. Yeah, <laughs> and I would say love. Comes him. to rescue him at the end. Yeah. Listen, Tox. I'll say Toxie's cool. Yeah, he is like a cool. Uh, the best. So it was so fascinating, and I like. I don't know if like this was in any like behind the scenes stuff that y'all watched for like. A good like the the good like for, first forty five minutes that Toxie is on screen, you'd never if ever see his face. Mm-hmm. It's really bizarre. And then like at certain points you do in close up, and then they start to show it a little bit more. But like, was this like a makeup thing? Was it like I a- don't know? I feel like it was a to me. It seemed like the Jaws thing, you know, where 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 they're like they sure. took that he took that lesson from Jaws of like don't show the thing until you know wait for your reveal because it is it's whenever he comes in because before slug has come in and like had a thing over his head and like oh i'm the toxic avenger yes to his girlfriend and then toxie does that and she pulls the thing off and it's a close-up on the for face. sure yeah very phantom face. of the opera-esque exactly yeah. But I mean, you can see whenever he talks and stuff that the uh, the other eye like stretches a lot, you know, yes. of, like, where it's placed on the on the mask and stuff. So I wonder if they just had a lot of problems with it. Yeah, I, I love the reveal. Like I, the first time I saw it, I remember when I was just like on board of like, I'm going to watch this as demented was when he first speaks and just goes from Melvin <laughs> to pardon me, ma'am. Like, it's just, yeah. I thought that was amazing. Like, well, the first well, time I saw it, I was like, that's was, hilarious. Yes, and like, it's not even just that where, yeah, he tells, turns from uh, Melvin Third to the Third. Great name, by the way. Um, he turns from that, like, scrawny nerd, um, and then he, like, turns into the Toxic Avenger. But, like, for a lot of the movie, he's just, like, doing these disgusting, guttural, like, <laughs> and then he's like, Sarah, I love you. <laughs> 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 it's, it's bizarre. We should talk about Sarah. We haven't hit on Sarah. So his, yeah, his I mean, and it's kind of an egregious thing that also carries <laughs> to the stage show. So yeah, so so we talked about the dog who gets murdered <laughs> earlier in the earlier in the record, and so that dog is the seeing eye dog uh, for for Sarah, who is a blind woman. Uh, not, I would assume, not played by an actual <laughs> blind yeah, actor. Yeah, I'd uh, say that's a pretty a good pretty, assumption. Pretty good uh, assumption a, a bold tradition that is also carried to the stage. Uh, but, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, yeah, it's I mean, right, and that's another like fucking joke about the movie, right? It's like only a blind woman could fall in love with the Toxic Avenger. Um, but I don't know. I think Toxie's kind of cute. I think it's fine. <laughs> he's charming. He's got a nice butt and those tights. He's got yeah. a very nice butt. He's clearly very skilled in mm-hmm. the bedroom. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
we is found it, that out. Is his, like, ha- can he get an erection? Like, what are we talking about? He must have something going on down I mean, there. We'd see him peeing in the alley with the green piss. <laughs> so oh, he has something going piss. on down there. Is his, is his piss green? Is that what's <laughs> happening too? Mm-hmm, yeah. I think so. Great. And I do like that, like, uh, the way that, like, he fell into the vat. Like, they tricked him into dressing up in, like, a tutu. And so he, like, has this, like, sort of decaying tutu. ballerina tutu for the movie, which is just, like, yeah. a fun little costume piece. Um, I also forgot to note that you talked about when he is on fire. Um, they, they repeatedly use the music uh, from Night on Bull, <laughs> Night on- <laughs> Night on Bull Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> so awesome. So um, but yeah, so Sarah, again, like, oh my god. Uh, Sarah, who is played by and- Andre Miranda. Um, again, like, it's it's a, I don't know, it's a pointless task. It's a thankless role um, to play this. I think this. it's a nuanced performance. Yeah. <laughs> no. I you don't. think so? <laughs> if uh, staring into the middle distance and holding your eyes open really wide is a nuanced performance, then she's nailed it, but my god um, but yeah so that's so yeah she obviously has a larger role in the stage show which we'll we'll get into um yeah cuz i guess like when yeah when we talk about the stage show like the only characters who really carry over are sarah mm-hmm. uh melvin slash toxy mm-hmm. um a few like ancillary characters obviously yeah we talked about sluggo and bozo and like Various his cops. His mom. His mom. Uh, yeah, is actually a very prominent, much more prominent oh, yeah. role in the stage show. And the mayor, who is now a female character in the in the stage show, but yes. which and it takes it's a very different character. And like Brian, I'm sorry that oh, yeah, who's who's the actor who plays Nancy Opal is the original was the original. Yes, and yeah, in the off Broadway cast. The, um, mm-hmm. But no, the mayor, uh, played by Pat Ryan oh. Jr. Oh, uh, yeah, in, yeah, in yeah. the movie, um, who d- oh, actually sadly passed away at 44. So he like died a few years after this movie uh, what, came my, out. What a great thing that he did in just a little moment that I thought was such a good character for that mayor is that he, I thought it was, he tries to stuff his guts back in because he's yes. such, oh, yeah. he's, he just doesn't want to die. He's like, I'll pay it. And he's like, I'll put him back in. <laughs> I, I love that. Back in the right. Hole. So yeah. So again, again, like, <laughs> so essentially, so gross. essentially the, the film ends with him, uh, him, like Toxie kills this old woman at a laundromat. And it's like, everyone's like, what, what? Oh he no. Ki- Cause up to this point. Yeah. Like people, he'd been clearly killing obviously bad people. Um, and also doing good deeds, like saving cats from trees and the like. <laughs> um, but then yeah, he kills this old woman. So now the town's against him. Um, he camps out with Sarah in the middle of the, mm. in the middle of the woods or the middle of a, like a clearing. Um, yeah. and then they, yeah, they bring these, artillery to oh man just him. I, I, the thing i love is whenever they move into their little house out in the woods they put a yeah. picture up of the dog <laughs> yeah <laughs> that they like hang a picture good montage good good, good little montage. good little no, it's, house it's, again montage. this is a, a film with uh very frenetic editing so yes. whenever there are montages they're actually done pretty well uh but then yeah like you alluded to brand the town comes to save uh toxie and also they find out this woman was like like in charge of like a sex a child trafficking? trafficker. Yeah. 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 Well, again, a character not... we have never seen before. No. He just walks in, kills her. And you're She's like, like what? picking up her dry cleaning <laughs> and he kills her in the dry cleaner. Yeah. Oft- and it makes a very racist, like Asian laundry yeah. joke and then murders her in a washing yep. machine. Um, but then, yeah, yeah. 
That which is also another plot. And the mayor's point. like, she yeah. was in charge of this. We were making so much money from her, like <laughs> kid sex ring. You know, nobody yeah. can find out that that's what she was doing. You know, and like, oh, so he was evil. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So does that, does that imply that he has like just an innate sense that people are evil? Maybe. Like, did, he, did he do investigative work to like? Yeah. Learn How that? does he know about How this child know? sex trafficking ring, Toxie? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's gooey. where Melvin came from in the first place. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, we Seems don't. A little damaged as yeah. when he does Melvin. It's yes. Tromaville. Everyone, why the real thing is why does everyone just hang out at the health club? That is like the most popping place in town. Everyone's there. It's the eighties. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it's the eighties. So. Yeah, like Jane Fonda, like <laughs> all of that I mean, shit. Yeah, that's where the the coke guys there. The mayor's there. Everyone loves getting drugs. healthy, getting physical, yeah. physical. <laughs> You want to get physical, physical. Uh, but yeah, the town <laughs> protects Toxie. Toxie kills the mayor. Um, and everyone lives. He says, Officer Clancy, take care of this toxic waste. And he throws the body <laughs> of the mayor at him. Pretty good. Um, yeah. I, again, I I wish I had more to say about this movie. It really, it, it, I don't know. if Brian, if you're saying this is the best output from Trome Entertainment, I don't know how much I really want to watch more of the yeah. work. But again, maybe it'll scratch an itch for you out there. I don't know. Maybe so. Um, At least watch all four. If, if you're interested in this one, watch the other three. Just for the, like, just for merely the continuing saga and get the entire, like, canon story of Toxie. It sounds like he, it goes in, tw- yeah. he has twin child, twin it, children later. It's it hilarious. sounds like it goes in really outlandish yeah, directions. Bonkers. Yeah. Uh, John, do you have any other final thoughts on the movie? The Toxic Avenger. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I really, what I relate to a lot with like B-movies and stuff that's handmade like this is like doing a lot of uh, DIY, like storefront theater in Chicago. I like Mm -hmm. that like Lloyd Kaufman is just, he's literally laying the train track down. He's not thinking about the legacy of this movie. He's like, I have to put this in a theater and make enough money so I can make my next one. And I think there's something cool about that. And I, I enjoy those like handmade movies and Yes, this is the best trauma, um, which is sad, I guess. But there's, I mean, there's a thousand, and they're just, I, I don't know. Check it out if you can find it. I, I think it's a lot of fun. Interesting to turn into a musical, but I guess that makes sense with like the history of. I'm sure you guys will talk about now of like Little Shop Actually, and all that kind of thing. Before we go to the musical, so we've already talked about the uh, three sequels, a children's cartoon. I, for- I forgot this was happening. I didn't realize that they've oh, no. actually already filmed it. Hmm? Because, of course, friends, we live in reboot culture. We live in a culture that can only exist by regurgitating that which has come before. Um, and, of co- so, of course, there is a new Toxic Avenger movie coming out. A oh, com- contemporary reimagining of the film. Um, it is produced... By Lloyd Kaufman and Michael Hers. Okay. okay. It is technically a production of Trauma Entertainment. Um, it is written and directed by Macon Blair, um, who, uh, this is his second film. His first film was I Don't Feel at Home in This World Anymore, which is a comedy thriller that won uh, the jury prize at Sundance back in 2017. Uh, right. stars Melanie Linsky and Elijah Woods. It's actually a very good movie. It's a Netflix movie. I'd recommend it. Um, is he, he also an actor? Make it blood. Yes, I believe he the is an actor. He's in Green Room. He's in the Green Room directors movies. That's what I know him from. Um, the the horror movie Green Room. Yeah, yeah, uh, he's in. Yeah, he's in. He's in. Yeah. Stuff. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, in, but, inter- so, interesting. So he, I guess. Yeah, he's he's 
got a good. He's a good. He's talented. He's a talented guy. Um, but playing the toxic Avenger is Cyrano himself, Peter Dinklage. Whoa! Really? Yes. Okay. So that's, damn. So that's kind of exciting. That that's, is kind that's, of exciting. That makes me um, interesting. Other actors who are purportedly in this film, according to Wikipedia, are Jacob Tremblay, sure. Taylor, <laughs> Page, guy, Taylor Page, sure. Zola herself, um, Kevin Bacon, uh, Julia Davis, who is an English comedian, um, and Elijah Wood. Um, so the movie apparently filmed in Bulgaria last summer, sure. and wow. they've wrapped production. And maybe it's gonna come out this year. I don't know. That that's kind of sounds exciting to me. We'll see. Yeah, I'm. I'm. We will see. I would argue it's gonna be better than the original Toxic Avenger. Um, Probably. If it's worse than the 1984 Toxic yeah. Avenger, I'm. All, I'll honestly be impressed. I'll be. I'm gonna be impressed sure. either way. I think. I think it will. I will consider it worse if it is less interesting. Sure. Yes. You know. Well, after this. After this one. Five years later, what I want is like the slick Disney straight down the middle PG thirteen Toxic oh Avenger. Let's do it. Let's let's clean him up. No, CG we, blood, well, baby. Well, so the, apparently rumors that they're gonna make a a new Austin Powers, a fourth Austin Powers movie, and finally, I think someone. I wish I could credit them, but someone's idea was. Yeah, I know. Finally, uh, <laughs> someone's idea was for them because obviously it's a parody of the James Bond films. Like someone's idea was for them to do a gritty Austin. Powers movie, like the way oh that the new God. Daniel, like the way the new Daniel Craig is sort of like a gritty James Bond. Sure. So I think that would be funny. funny. That's actually, I'd, yeah, that's, that's very idea. funny. That would be funny. Again, mm-hmm. are they creatively interested in that kind of direction? Probably not. Um, speaking of creative curiosity. Yeah. Uh, Before we move to the musical, please. I just have these, I have like two quotes from that, uh, Lloyd Kaufman thing that I thought was hilarious. Um, first of all, they're talking about during this, this I think was filmed like, mm, I don't know, around the beginning or middle of like the Me Too movement was really, you know, kicked off. And they, uh, the like official trauma and stuff, he said they've had the hashtag of hashtag Me Too Too in referencing. Uh, <laughs> Toxic Avengers two two. Wait, when okay, is this quote? Man. Wait, when is this quote from? <laughs> this was this was this was on their Twitter. He was like, "Yeah, we oh did my. hashtag Me Too too." Uh, so Christ. that's okay. bizarre. But okay, then the Lloyd. other one, the, okay, Lloyd. But the other one that I thought was really funny was he was talking about um, competition in the eighties and how how uh, movies, especially like RoboCop and that kind of a thing, started really almost feeling like trauma movies in, in a sense because of using so much violence and stuff. He said, and then his quote was, but they were playing very unfair, making movies with good actors and good scripts. <laughs> 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 That's such a good quote. I just like that a lot. <laughs> That's why they made so much money. They were playing very unfair with their good actors and good scripts. How dare they try and put craft into the work that they're doing? <laughs> you know what? At least he's self-aware. Good for him. Good for you. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Me too, too. I don't well, think you could. I don't think stupid. he's like upset. He never won an Oscar. You know, no. there's no way. Um, the Toxic Avenger. Now, and I will say, <laughs> I, I will say, I want to, I want to dedicate this episode um, to the sadly the late Nick Cordero, an actor who passed away. Uh, due to COVID, who was the original Toxic Avenger? Oh man! Yeah, he died, passed away. Uh, yeah, during the pandemic. Um, it's very sad. Um, and he he was Toxic. He, which is, and I'll say, I will say for the musical, 
they have the same actor play both Melvin Ferd and mm-hmm. uh, the Toxic Avenger. So, again, weird show. Weird, weird show. Uh, weird I want to talk about... So, the writers... Uh, so, the, the book and uh, co-lyricist is Joe DiPietro. Um, and the music is... Music's David Bryan. David Bryan, the, the keyboardist for Bon Jovi. Great. <laughs> um, of course. <laughs> Um, so Joe DiPietro was uh, first known for being the creator of the long-running off-Broadway musical I Love You, You're Perfect, Now Change. Um, but DiPietro and Brian have sort of, have three music, at least three like prominent musicals to their name. So they have this one, which debuted around the same time as another musical of theirs, Memphis. Okay. Uh, wow. The, to- the Tony Award-winning Best Musical, Memphis, which they also won Tony's for the Best Original Score. Um, I think of- that that st- as soon as the tour ended, that that that's it. It never happened. That show. Memphis it no. completely disappeared out of everybody's brain. No, uh, a classic show that does not exist. Uh, Memphis. Yes. Um, and of course, their most recent show, which opened and closed on Broadway. Last year was Diana the Musical. Oh, oh wow. no. Ah. <laughs> Which another toxic figure, royalty. I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, Diana's cool though. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, talk, yeah, talking about toxic shit. Yeah, they wrote two yeah. shows about toxic people. Oh, three, I guess. I go. don't know. Yeah, but, but yeah, we, people in Memphis are terrible. Well, yeah, Huey Calhoun, <laughs> the uh, protagonist of uh, Memphis, he's he's the real toxic adventure. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I don't know. These guys are fucking weird. Um, they write. I mean, I don't know that that stuff's clearly all over the place. They're clearly sort of steeped in this sort of pop rock style, um, like like we sort of alluded to before. Like there are obviously base elements from the movie, but a lot of it is like pulled from whole cloth, um, just like new shit that they make. Um, so, Bran, you said that you saw this in New York. John, did you as well? Uh, I've never seen it, but we were, you know, friends at the time. Bran came back with a few other friends, and I bought, I physically bought the CD for the soundtrack. <laughs> wow. Probably one of the last CDs I bought. It was 2009. It's probably one of the last yeah. few. Um, but Another I, property that's kind of hard to find, too. It's not Yeah, they, I was about to say, they, they well, so, yeah, they, I don't know why they, pulled the album from streaming mm. everywhere um I, luckily uh the streaming service broadway hd has a properly like professionally shot version of the west end production oh it's the uh, west the end. show yeah so i was i watched that this morning um so it's very fresh in my mind nice. um god i mean and it's it's a weird show y'all i mean yeah it's... should we break down like plot just like yeah you know, just, like, bullet point it i remember that like it starts fairly similarly melvin's a nerd yeah Sl- melvin slug melvin's hates him a... for zero reason he's not explicitly a janitor in this in this one yeah. um... i like how in the movie he's like oh he's clean and i hate that he's disgusting <laughs> i hate him because he's mops i don't yeah know. so yeah so like he's he's just this fucking nerd who like has a crush on and sarah like is a character like from jump 
uh, yes. the, this blind woman in the town. Um, the mayor uh, is now a girl boss. She's an evil girl boss. Um, <laughs> Name's who... Lori Lightfoot. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, kind of. I don't know. If in, in, the, in the West End production... Nancy Opal's much taller. Yes, it's true. <laughs> and she has red hair. She has explicitly, like, fire red mm-hmm. hair. I don't know if that was also in the off-Broadway production. Mm-hmm. Um wild weird choice but whatever and it's like up because then the mom is also played by the same character yes it's like a blonde bob it's and it's a it's a so very... that they can do the jekyll and hyde thing later yeah which is Completely. a fun fun so, bit very fun, fun song bit. i mean stupid song but fun bit yeah i mean that's also a theme of this musical stupid song <laughs> stupid, fun bit fun bit yeah <laughs> totally um but and i will say like I don't know if it was for budgetary reasons um they like there are only five actors in this show Oh, interesting. Yeah, so you have... There are a little... There were more off-Broadway. It wasn't a really? huge cast at all, but it was more than five for sure. Interesting. There was like some, I mean, there were like... I remember like a couple... The opening in Tromaville having... A maybe not. Maybe I'm misremembering, but I really think that at least in the opening and that there was like a slightly larger ensemble. Interesting. But yeah, now in the licensed version and in the West End version I watched, yeah, there's five... You have the two ensemble folks who are credited as uh, white dude... And black dude. Yes. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Um, and then you have the actor who, uh, the, the female ensemble member who's mainly playing the mayor and the mom, but has other little roles here yeah. and there. You have the actor who plays Sarah, and then you have the actor who plays Melvin and Toxie. Um, and I mean, yeah, I mean, props to whoever is getting fucking cast as an ensemble member in the Toxic Avenge of the Musical, because you gotta be, You're gonna quick, be on stage a lot. You gotta be quick changing to save <laughs> your life, my yeah. goodness. Um, one of my quick fa- change your arms too, because they get ripped off. It's true. <laughs> Put a new one on. I will say maybe my favorite joke in the musical, and it sucks because it is the first joke in the musical. Is like it's like two folks in hazmat suits walk on, and one of them like starts to sing a lyric, and then just coughs immediately because yeah. uh, <laughs> all the toxic voice, and then just like yeah. starts over. It's like okay, that's clever. That's a good bit. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so then uh, they just, yeah, the mayor is like explicitly like dumping toxic waste and like using New Jersey as this like place to hide toxic waste. Um, yeah. And that's sort of like her big evil scheme. Um, Classic Captain Planet villain of scheme. Course. Somehow there's money in that. Um, Melvin uh, like tra- starts to uncover this plot. And so uh, the mayor gets hired goons to throw him into a vat of toxic waste. And of mm-hmm. course that turns him into toxic. Um, the whole he, set's made out of like barrels, which is cool. Yeah. It's like a very industrial mm-hmm. uh, set. Uh, so then he goes back to see his mom who isn't like really too perturbed by his new uh, appearance. Um, they take him to some labs and they find out that the only thing that can kill him is bleach. Obvi- oh, obviously. Yeah. I don't know if that's any any of the sequels. I think maybe they finally like like need a weakness for him in later ones, but I really can't remember. Yes, and then he starts doing good, um, which is accompanied by a uh, a Jack and Diane parody called "The Legend of <laughs> yeah. the Toxic Avenger." Oh my um, god! If there's like several parodies because what's the yeah. in, like? I'm gonna kick your ass. There's a thing too. They like. Oh, what is it? I can't think of the song. Now, I forget they, what it is. It's yeah. like a Dead Kennedy song or something sure. that they're parodying. Like, really, I didn't even realize that. Yeah, it's bizarre. Um, they like, it's like fully like a quote from that song. And it's, so, Brian, was strange. this a two-act musical when you saw it? I 
think it was a one act. I think it was like 90 minutes, no intermission. Because when I looked, it is, at, is that what it is now? When I looked on MTI, it's two acts. It says it's it two, is acts. two acts. Maybe with, it was with then. the act break happening after the aforementioned Jekyll and Hyde number. Uh, bitch, slut, liar, whore. Interesting. <laughs> I don't think so then, because I remember that being like a penultimate moment of the show, and then it like being like kind of denouement from there, but. Once again, this was like 15 years ago. You saw it in 2009, <laughs> and I saw I saw it. Yeah, I saw it when it was at New World Stages, like mm-hmm. in 2009 with Nancy Opal. We had just done You're in Town the year before, so I sort of like had a weird, you know, not a it weird was, obsession with her, but I was like, hey, you're you're from You're in Town, you know, and talked to her afterwards and stuff. Yeah, oh, that is very cool. It won the Outer Critics Circle Award for Best New Off Broadway Musical. I think I'm sure it deserved. I was I had a ball. Like it's a yeah. it's it's goofy, and once again, it's like. It's similar, well, even more so, I would say, than the movie. Like, through the lens of history now, there are lyrics and stuff in this show that, like, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, you know, that make you, like, your bow tie spin around. <laughs> but, like, uh, uh, you know, nowadays, you know, with just, but um, I remember at the time, like, feeling like it felt like nothing else uh, that I had seen. And I, oh, wow. I, I, it was like, I used to go to, I used to go to New York uh, in the spring and like try to see, you know, a show a day at least yeah. while I was there because it was my only chance to get out of Oklahoma and see any theater. Um, and I remember it being one of the, one of the favorite things I saw on that particular trip. It was like, I think I saw, uh, I think I saw it the same week as I saw Exit the King, which is sure. like a wildly <laughs> different show that was also amazing. But well, I, mean, I don't yeah. remember when you came back from that trip and that's where I got into it. You're super jazz. And like, I, my friend Justin Haley like loved it. Hell yeah. I have a quick Exit the King story because I also saw that production uh, with Jeffrey Rush, uh, who won a Tony Award for that show. Susan Sarandon. Um, yep. Yeah. Um, really good. Yeah. Really, uh, Andrew Martin was there too. Mm-hmm. Um, really great production. Uh, classic Ionesco, pl- uh, absurdist drama. Really just love the play. It's, I mean, Ionesco yes. like wrote some of the best plays. Um, yeah. I remember, uh, so I went to see it with my parents cause I was a wee one. Uh, I think I was like probably about to go to college. Um, and so you watched it act, act one ended and my parents were like, We'll be in the Starbucks across the street. So you can meet us. <laughs> we can't do this anymore. Yeah, yeah it was like, definitely. I saw it by myself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, and I was no, just no, like, he, fu- I was like, yeah, fine, you can get out. I'm having the time of my life. Amazing. What are you talking? Yeah, about? Jeffrey Rush. That last sequence where the whole set Ooh. just is like lowered, and then there's nothing, and she like walks him through dying is yeah. basically like the devastating the old queen. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, wonderful beautiful. show. I'd love to find that on Broadway HD. I'm sure it does not exist. It does not exist. Um, but Toxic Avenger does. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, like you said, I think it is. I mean, it's certainly more of a musical comedy style of humor than yeah. the gross-out trauma stuff. There are still some like there's still fun like gross like guts and stuff. There's not it's not like an Evil Dead kind of blood. No, situation. Not even close. Um, There's no, there was no splatter zone. Or no, anything. no, no, no. But yeah, again, there's still like fun effect. Like the, I don't know what the design was uh, when you saw, it, but the design for the like the actual Toxic Avenger head like has an eyeball like it's protruding like from mm-hmm. the face, which is very fun. Very fun. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll say for the so speaking on the songs in this thing, I gotta say I watched this thing this morning. Out in one ear, out the other. Yeah. I mean, it's 
Except for, I mean, the only one that gets stuck in my head is bitch slut liar I, whore. <laughs> Which is ain't that a ain't that a B? Um, yeah. <laughs> the fact that that's stuck in your head. Um, the, the, my favorite song in the show is the Act Two, I guess Act Two, quote unquote ballad. You tore my heart out. That Toxie oh, that sings. Pretty good. It is yeah. pretty good. Uh, I mean, John, you you bought a copy of the CD. Yeah, you must, you must love these songs. I mean, I, I haven't listened to it in, since that summer. Probably, <laughs> I do. I mean, I we were listening to it earlier. I was listening to it earlier in the week, and I remembered like half of them. And for something that I bought yeah. a CD, like I mean, that's not very impressive. Like I, I listen to music, I retain it. Like I, I was shocked at how little I remembered it for remembering it so fondly when I listened sure. to the soundtrack this week. Yeah. So take that as you will. Yeah. Yeah, hot toxic love is fine. Mm-hmm. Like it's a fine one. I'll say, um, I mean, I'll I like say the opening song. Kind the o- of is fun. Opening songs, but again, like you gotta get your kicks in for New Jersey. You gotta, you yeah. gotta, you gotta. Um, and I'll say, obviously, they make Sarah uh, a more pronounced character in this, but with yeah. that comes like just so many just like jokes about her being blind, and just like yep. so much of the humor coming from that, which is just like, you, no, no, thank you. Must we. Don't- we. <laughs> must, must we? Must we? <laughs> you know, blind people exist, you know? <laughs> this is just some, like, joke you're making for your musical. Um, bizarre. Um, I don't know. What What else sort of is, is notable about this? I mean, it's... I mean, it's... Again, like, understatement of the year. It's no little shop of horrors when it comes to <laughs> taking... Uh, uh, taking a sort of a B movie and adapting it into a musical for the stage. I mean, it's, I mean, I guess like by default, it's better than Evil Dead the musical. Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, I mean, I'm a huge Evil Dead fan. I sure. listened to that soundtrack precisely once, and I think maybe I saw. It. I don't even remember. Like, it, it, I don't know. It just did not. It's bad. Yeah, not good. It's not it's, good. it's really not worth anyone's time. Th- it is. This is better than that. Yes. Again, <laughs> like sure. this yeah, is only like, like mediocre. I mean, yeah, like we say, it's got some, some like you know, cringy and problematic humor and stuff, and some and and the songs are really forgettable. But it's not like. But again, like it's, I, it's not abrasive in the way that Evil Dead the musical yeah, is abrasive. I, and, I, and I admire sort of what they did with the movie and how they adapted it, right? And it, but I say like the interesting thing is like it's it's you could have what you could have done would be a parody of the Toxic Avenger the movie because I feel and I feel like of Evil Dead the musical wanted to be a parody of the Evil Dead films even though there's not a lot you can make fun of in the Evil Dead movies because they are actively good movies yeah and then well to- that's like Sam Raimi's making fun of himself before you even think exactly to make fun of like yeah. it's already ahead of you yeah yeah he's ten steps ahead of you with Evil Dead two which is yeah. a parody of Evil the Evil Dead <laughs> right. which we've been over already listen to that episode it's a good one um but then like Toxic Avenger could have been a parody of the original film there's so much you can make fun of in the eighty four movie yeah but it's, they I, don't go of... that in that road. It reminds me of in the time period in like around 84, if it feels like the movie or the musical kind of leaned into this aspect of it. But there was that weird thing in pop culture, live action shows. There was that Beauty and the Beast show with Ron Perlman. Uh, there sure. was a live action Swamp Thing movie. Like uh-huh. love, like Beauty and the Beast. There's always like a blonde woman and like kind of he was a superhero. And there was a big thing around like 
85. They lived in a sewer. I don't know. It was just interesting. Sure. And the musical reminded me more kind of of those kind of things because it kind of focuses on the love aspect. It's a little sweeter. It's not as seedy or gross as the movie. Um, it, it's just interesting that was a, a thing. You got to have a weird monster. Yeah. Fall in love with a woman in the 80s again. I mean, it's a classic <laughs> thing, but well, also, it's just John, funny. You made a good point last night in that, like, now every movie is, like, centered around the sort of nebbish, nerdy guy, like, finding love and being the hero. And this, and where in the 80s it was, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger was the fucking hero. You know? <laughs> yes. made fun of the nerd. The nerd uh, was that one actor from Greece. Uh, I can't remember his name. Oh, yeah. And they put, uh, throw uh, him in a closet. Excuse and they, me. They, his name is Eddie Deason. Put some uh, respect yes. on that I'm fucking name. I'm so sorry. Name. I know. Deason. Oh, gosh. Man dark himself. <laughs> yes. But but this one is you know, this this movie was was the nerd like getting revenge on bullies and stuff, you know, not getting revenge, but like, you know, being the good person and being the hero. For sure. Um, yes. That's just interesting. It is interesting. Um, which is actually funny that you brought up Arnold Schwarzenegger. I think he was initially rumored to be yeah, in twenty thirteen, he was rumored to be in the Toxic Avenger film reboot. As no. Toxie. Yeah, as Toxie. Governor Toxie. Governor Toxie. No, Peter Dinklage. He's Toxie. Yeah, I think that's really actually really that's good that, casting. It that's, is. Be very it's interesting. expert casting. Um, hey, we're finally going to get to see that movie soon. I know. Supposedly. Sarah, thank in two weeks. If they don't push it back another. Is it coming out in Chicago soon? Yeah, it's like actually getting a real release at Where? the end of the month. It's gonna, it's getting oh, like a wide, wide oh, release wow. at the end of the month. Yeah, it was R. supposed R. to. Light. It was supposed to be out. Uh, yeah, I know. It was supposed <laughs> to be out uh, like end of January, and then they just inexplicably like pushed back the release date by a month. You'll you'll have heard about this new Alamo Draft House we're getting, right? Yeah, but is is it is it kind of by the Music Box? Where is it? Yeah, it's it's gonna be in fucking Wrigleyville. Why? Ugh. I know. Why would you build it close to the music? Take over the old arc light. That just Why makes sense. They take over the arc light. That building is going to sit empty until I take it over after the collapse. <laughs> I think show. so much. Just I, one theater will be dedicated no, to show Toxic. No, AMC, AM, no, AMC did buy the arc light. So they're going to oh, put really? a movie oh, okay. theater in there. Yeah. Okay, good. Oh, cool. um, AMC too. Awesome. Well, then that means they'll put a Dolby. Uh, they better put a Dolby cinema in there and I'll be fine with that i'll be gotcha with that. that'd be great um but no like the alamo being built in wrigleyville is a real like mon- uh, it's a real monkey's paw situation they're not even that know? good anymore though to be they're honest not- like they, they'll probably have a sh- i mean there's one in springfield missouri sure. which is where my mother lives and like if springfield missouri has one before chicago then like i don't know man i've, like, d- I've never been it, it to- feels like it feels like in any movie theater in a city interesting to, and mean, they I've- just have food and yeah, I've, I've never been to one. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just like I'm clearly just like fomoing on this like fucking yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. I'll see what they're what they're like. What their vibe is like. Yeah. Yeah, and and what movies they actually show. You yeah. know, is what I'm. I, I like. I'm hoping that they'll maybe they'll program some interesting like one off like. Uh, That's what stuff. I would be excited about. Yeah. And like when they were just so Alamo Draft House like like. 2010 it was so looming in like sure. film culture with like birth movies death and just like everyone wrote you know everyone they, they were the ones that were doing those like double those programmers and stuff and really yeah. i don't know it would be cool i always be like man i wish i could go to like a rowdy cat showing or i exactly. wish I could go to, you know yeah. so yeah. that'll be fun i don't want to haul my ass to wrigleyville though i'm just <laughs> it's true i'm just saying brand brand and i we could we could host a rowdy cat screening we could if we they would let it. us. I know. I would love that. If anyone would let us, we gotta. If you s- subscribe to our Patreon so that we can get the money to actually do shit in this city. 
fans. Um, I don't know. Anything, clearly, there's a lot to dig into with the, the Toxic Avenger musical. Um, well, one thing I'm curious about, just because you all know more about musicals than I do, like, what is the... To me, as someone who, you know, I do theater, I've studied theater, musicals, I like some of them. It's not what sure. I, like, mainly <laughs> focus on. I like the... I like musicals, but it's yeah, not yeah, like yeah, my yeah. main thing. And like, what is the path kind of? Because there's always seems like every two or three years, there's like this, there's like a reefer madness, a urine town. Like, and the Toxic Avenger kind of feels like that to me. Not to say like quality wise, but yeah. Is, does that start with Little Shop, or is that I, like? I, do you? Yeah, what do you guys think about that? Yeah, I mean, Little Shop is definitely sort of like the earliest example of this. I want to say, um, and I think a lot of people took the wrong lessons from Little Shop. Yeah. Um, like, you know, they, they took the idea of, like, let's take a, a quote-unquote bad movie and adapt it for the stage, but obviously Little Shop, they did that in a really earnest fashion. Um, and, like, stuff like to- Toxic Adventure the Musical is, is earnest to a T. It's earnest to a fault. It's still definitely poking more fun at itself as a music it's i would say it's more poking fun at the fact that it exists than the actual like original toxic avenger movie sure um, it's very self-aware yes it is ve- it's arguably painfully self-aware sure. um but uh yeah i mean yeah brian i don't know if you can think of i'm, tr- I'm trying to think of like other examples of that yeah i, I think little shop is like kind of the what at least one of the earliest mainstream examples of this kind of phenomenon. yeah of that like of sort of like the hot topic kids musical you know? <laughs> exactly um, <laughs> the ones uh, that I would listen to and yeah. also I mean because again like, I mean like you know that was like early eighties so like that was a point where like the musical theater writers who were really raised on film could start writing stuff you know because like we forget like movies like as something in mainstream culture is relatively young when you know in the grand years yes in the grand scheme of culture so it's like it was probably was only really in the 80s when folks could start to do that kind of reflexive musical theater writing and you're not legally allowed to write a musical until you're like 45 so (laughs) that's not been that long well again again like i i know that like lloyd kaufman and like troma obviously had to have some kind of involvement like obviously like their credit for sure yeah i imagine he got banned from the theater he was just there every night like lloyd you can't come in here anymore you have to leave leave. (laughs) you're making people uncomfortable you can't do this jokes Jesus. Um, and like he's still doing shit to this day. I oh, think, yeah. I think he directed a movie like two years ago, Lloyd. I uh, we were kidding. I think there is some kind of premium premium trauma service. I I should like I'm I bet there I is. I think there is something on their website where you can buy stuff directly through them, and maybe that's well, why listen, it's hard to find. If if fucking Tim Heidecker can have like <laughs> yeah. a streaming service dedicated to one show, then <laughs> I can uh, I would assume that like trauma has something to house all of their content, you know? I don't know. Um yeah, I don't know, y'all. Toxic Avenger. It's it it's always exciting to me, even even if I don't like the movie. It's exciting that this kind of like gutter cinema exists. Yeah, like that's cool to me. Um, it's and like the musical is definitely more of a mainstream take 
on this kind of gutter cinema, but it's it's fun in its own right. It has good bits. Um, again, Nancy Opal sounds like she did a great job in yep. the original uh, off board. They pull a bunch of arms off. There's a bunch of so goop and a bunch of arms. Was yeah. that literally just like the Jekyll and Hyde thing on yeah. stage? Oh, sure. Yeah, ex- she, yeah explain she, this. She, yeah, so in the Bitch Slut Liar Horse song, it starts with her like. There's a bit of her, there's like, there's like a building that has two windows on stage and she leans out one and, you know, her right half is only showing and she's the mayor uh, and she's like yelling and then she goes to the other end and leans out to the left side and it's the mom and she's, you know, got that. And then she opens the door and comes out and she's in like a two-faced look yeah. of like half wig, half wig costume. And so she's like turning back sides, back inside, you know, like singing, fighting to herself, yes. which is fun. So I, I just yeah, want to say that the most She was recent... a very nice person to me. I, I, that, I, that's very nice <laughs> to hear. I love you, Nancy. Nancy Opal, who I know is listening to this podcast. Come on the show, Nancy. Come on the show. Talk about you're in town. I don't know. Um, if you tag Lloyd Kaufman on Twitter, he might listen to it. Yeah. It's, it's true. It's true. We'll see. We'll see. Um, I will say the most recent film that Lloyd Kaufman has directed was in 2020. It's a movie called Shakespeare's Shitstorm. Hell yes. Um, I want to read this description. Oh, God. Mad scientist Prospero runs away with his blind daughter Miranda. Why? Why is it always a blind person? What's um, up with Lloyd? that, Lloyd? Runs away with his blind daughter Miranda to Tromaville, hiding from evil pharmaceutical execs, including his own sister Antoinette, who ruined his career after he found the cure against opioid addiction. With now, I'm reading this. This is the text from Letterboxd. With the help of a handicapped crack whore, he releases uh-huh. a massive amount of laxative to whales, oh, like the animal. The oh, animal. okay, not the place. <laughs> While his enemies are on a cruise ship to North Korea, okay. a humongous shitstorm washes the boat away and brings them to Tromaville, where Prospero can now fully realize his ultimate vengeance. So it is, it is the Tempest. It's Troma Tempest. Loosely adapted. Yes. <laughs> It is, I, will say, I mean, mm, I will say it is fascinating that he's doing all these like weird Shakespeare adaptations. That's strange. That's weird. <laughs> and, it's, and you can always see like he, he always like throws like a, like the opioid thing. Like, you know, in the later Tox Adventure movies, it was kind of about environmentalism. He always just like, he throws something in there. But like, some, it's some, just like, just yeah. to like throw it in there. Cause like, ah, there you go. And it's, <laughs> this is something happening. There's something happening. Yeah. You know, <laughs> this is part of real life. Oh my gosh. Oh um, guy. Well, what, what a guy, Lloyd. What a guy. Um, so, John, we've reached the end of our episode of Movie the Musical, and at the end of each episode of Movie the Musical, we ask our guests a very important question. So, John Fisher, yes. if you could adapt any movie into a musical that has not been adapted already, what movie would you choose? So, I... Uh, I I'm pretty sure it hasn't been. I like don't know because I, I just like maybe it's like a Mandela effect thing that, or maybe it was like a Universal Studios thing. But like Ghostbusters is pretty much stage ready. Is that a thing? Did it happen? So Ghostbusters. I mean, every song mentions the Ghostbusters. They follow the <laughs> plot of the movie. There you is, <laughs> John. There is not an official stage musical of Ghostbusters. So it is all. Yours. But that's that's not what I would want. I think that's the easiest. But I will just one other that I would say that when I was a kid, I had this fantasy. For some reason, 
I got into Jekyll and Hyde at the same time. I came through Tulsa and I saw it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got into Jekyll and Hyde the same time. I was very much into Tim Burton's Sleepy Hollow. So in seventh grade, I rewrote some of the Jekyll and Hyde songs and tried to adapt Sleepy Hollow, specifically that movie, into a gothic musical. So that's that's my real answer. So I'm yeah, sorry, so sorry for saying Ghostbusters online. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, if you it's yeah, you it's can bleep like, it out. Yeah, every time someone says Ghostbusters on a yeah. podcast, um, <laughs> a bunch of uh, <laughs> toxic uh, Gamergate folks show up in the comments. Um, yep. But but Tim Burton Sleepy Hollow. Tim Burton Sleepy on. Hollow. Let's do it. It's a good <laughs> answer. Um, I love a gothic musical. You I'm know. surprised Frank Wildhorn hasn't adapted it already. That's great. <laughs> Honestly. Hard having one of the leads without a head. I don't know how you do that in musicals. Oh, you can find a way. We can figure that out. You can do some Bunraku puppetry shit. Yeah, it's yeah. like there's cool. ways to do it. Um, I think it's a great. And, like, cool and, you're, and, and John, you, you are like a horror playwrights right that's yeah. kind of the work you like to dabble in yes yeah i mean that's I, it, it's what i like to write it's not like i was like it's not like a decision i made usually it's just the stuff i come up with is weird in some way whether you could some people say it's like science fiction or horror but like always a little left reality and i it, it's exciting to do stuff like that in theater because in a way maybe even like the talks adventure musical it's something you don't expect to see mm-hmm. a lot in theater and i know there are, I mean, and just having that kind of I don't know, mashing up and like, how do you make this language of how we scare people with stories to make that work in theater? And it, I think it can be very rewarding and uh, I love it. Yeah, it's it, it's really cool. But um, I don't know. I'm just kind of rambling there. No, that's good. I love that. Is there an, so John Fisher. Yes. Thank you for being here. Of course. I was, I'm so happy to be here finally. Uh, Last any- time I was, it was uh, when COVID they it was 2021 and they had lifted the restrictions and uh i had worked so much because i was not used to talking to people that i had no voice because <laughs> i worked two days in a row <laughs> i mean it was it was like a lot i worked a lot it was just like gone and masks sure. like you have to and yell, learn to yell through it. it was mask oh boy glad to be here thank you so much at this point yeah oh. honestly my god um but is there anything that you'd like to plug for our listeners today uh, follow me on Twitter at John R. Fish. It's my last social media bastion. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I, yeah, I mean, uh, we've probably got some shows coming up. So if you see my name on a Chicago theater Facebook sometime in the future, come see the play. <laughs> Hell yeah. There's, There's ever theater again. Yeah. Yes. If, yeah. Well, that I, well, yeah, oh, he. Yeah. Who knows? I, I hope, I hope to see some, some scary stories from you soon on stage John yeah Fisher. thank you yeah, it was great to finally honestly. connect and meet and like I mean I don't know I, I, we've known of each other and like yeah, I listen yeah, to the show so yes. it's cool to like sit down and have a conversation with y'all so we love thank that you so much. um yeah. about a really weird <laughs> fucking property um so thank yeah. you John uh, I want to always you got it uh, thank Brand Moorhead for producing and editing the show. I want to thank each and every one of you for listening. Uh, as we almost get to our one year anniversary wow. of wow. releasing this podcast to the world, season five, almost one year, just bananas. Thank you for being here and supporting us up to this point, and ideally beyond this point. Anyway, I want to thank Emily Harrington for our artwork. I want to thank M. Modaf and Josh Stanley for our kick-ass theme song. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at Movie the Musical. 
And as I mentioned before, we have a Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash moviethemusical, you can consider becoming a monthly member, and you can get some sweet bonus content, like our commentary on musicals that have been adapted into movies. We're going to be talking about more Andrew Lloyd Webber movies. We're going to be talking about the aforementioned Cyrano. We're going to be talking about uh, Broadway news and updates. And our very own Bran Moorhead uh, as a very cool historical theater mini podcast that will be hitting the Patreon feed soon. Bran, how's that coming? Great. <laughs> Great. Almost there. <laughs> Almost there. Um, it's really fun. It's really exciting and interesting. It's about the past, but it's also about the present and the future. Um, That's all I'll say. Um, That's it for now. Keep on singing and stay toxic, kids. I I have a feeling this is going to be a fun, goofy one, so I honestly just want to jump into it. Let's do it. Uh, Much like Melvin jumped out the window of the (laughs) fitness club. Into the vat of toxic waste. Oh, man. You can put this into the end of the episode if you want as a bonus. (laughs)